Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, August 28th, 2023. More importantly, welcome to Game Week. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Dan Rubin. Oh, man, so much good stuff to get into, Dan. So much good stuff to get into. I cannot wait for this show, and we have arrived. Before Dan and I delve into football, I want to let you guys know about our sponsor, Factor Meals, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. I love this place. I like eating high-quality food at home, guys, but I'm also very busy during football season. I don't like all the prep work and everything else that goes into it. That's where Factor comes in. They provide high-quality, great-tasting food that is delivered to your door fresh and only takes two minutes to prepare, to prepare. Just two minutes, and it tastes great. They have something for all appetites, steak, chicken, seafood dishes, pasta dishes. They have vegetarian meals. They have breakfast foods. They have these great smoothies, and a bunch of other stuff. you got to check it out. My family loves it. I highly recommend it. And because of the Bucknuts Morning 5, you can get a great deal right now. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 and use use code bucknuts50 to get 50% off. That's code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. All right, let's get to it. Dan Rubin, it is game week. I cannot wait. Mm. Um, it's, man, so much anticipation that like there is every year going into Ohio State season. This one feels a little different coming off the two losses to Michigan and just the vibe I got throughout camp, how hungry and focused this team is, how talented they are. A lot of the, the best guys are entering their third year, that money year. Mm. Um, man, I mean, let's, let's start with this week in Indiana. I mean, do you feel like, so the Buckeyes are favored by right around 30. I... Yeah, you just want to win first and foremost, and I get that. But, like, man, if they don't win by 30 or more, I'm going to be disappointed. I'll just be frank. I would agree with that, and I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, I went back and looked at last year's game just for some reference. Indiana actually brings back a decent amount of the guys who contributed, and that was one of Ohio State's real beatdowns. If you remember Mayan Williams, I think tweaked his ankle in that game in the second quarter. And he already had 140-some-odd yards rushing. Dallin Hayden also went for over 100 yards rushing. So if I were going to predict, like, the Monday storyline or, as it were, the next day storyline here, I think you're going to see a heavy running game and a great defense. And the issue of quarterback, which I'm sure we're going to get to, really won't even be touched because I think Ohio State is going to physically dominate them. And uh, I could see two backs going over 100 yards a game easily. I'm going to quiz you. Um, we can play high-low, though. Did you, do you know how many transfers Indiana has this year? I'm including JUCO transfers. Give me a rough estimate. That's obviously a high number. I wouldn't bring it up. It's not one. 22. Very close. 25. Okay. 25. Basically an entire recruiting class. In, in that, I don't think I've ever seen that. that. Mel Tucker looked at that and was like, Damn. That's a lot of transfers. I got to see like, what Colorado's like, got. I don't have ever seen that. Even in this day and age, 25, Dan. And again, they've got a handful of Juco transfers, but damn. I mean, we'll see. I don't know if that's – it worked for Mel Tucker that year that he went 11-2, and two, got Kenneth Walker coming in, parlayed that into like almost a $10 million contract per year. Good for Mel. But, man, this Indiana team, Dan, they're over under for their win total, three and a half this year. Uh, that's three and a half. Yes. <laughs> so I checked out just some of your general preseason tomfoolery and there is not one, no one has gone on record and ranked them higher than last or second to last in the big 10 East. Some people had Rutgers. Um, it's, yeah. And it's, I don't, it's not looking good for Indiana. If you look at their team too, there have been times we've gone to play Indiana when, you know, Michael Penix was there or 
you know, they had some decent skill players. They're, they are bereft of talent, and um, their coach could be on the hot seat if they get off to a bad start. Yeah, he, he does. We have a commenter saying that, that Tom Allen's on the hot seat. I completely agree. Aaron on uh, YouTube saying exactly what Dan said. I, I completely agree. I'm sure every Indiana fan, like both of them, would tell you that uh, that Tom Allen's definitely on the hot seat. I mean, he had that 2020 season, and then they've been really bad the last two years. And is his act wearing a little thin? He's a weird dude. And if you're winning, that's great. That just means you're quirky and you're fun when you're weird. If you start losing, you're 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 bad weird at that point. You know, if you start losing, he's he's getting to be bad weird, which I which was my really my first. That was my gut instinct, Dan, when Tom Allen kind of burst on the scene, you know, replacing Kevin Wilson. I'm like, this guy is nuts. But then I was like, man, maybe he's like, you know, crazy like a fox. No, I'm, I'm back to not thinking he's crazy like a fox. I don't know what it would take to win consistently at Indiana. I don't know who you'd have to put there. Um, I mean, obviously, you put the herb there, and they're coming for your ass. But um, I don't know who – like, I doubt that's on his list of uh, jobs. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it would take to build Indiana into a consistent football power. It would take – I literally don't know what it would take. I don't even know if it's a possible deal. Could never be a power. I think they would have like, if they would have a coach that would just recruit the heck out of the second tier, the kids of Ohio State doesn't want Kentucky esque. They yep. could be like a Kentucky level. They could never be, and that that's their ceiling. But they would love to be Kentucky level, oh, yeah. like a basketball school in a football. Well, the Big Ten's not just a football conference, but you get what I'm saying. A basketball school, um, yeah, that can be at least like competitive in football. Well, they'll never be. A, there's no way either one of those schools could ever be a powerhouse. But yeah, if they got like the right coach in there and they recruited the heck out of Ohio, um, that would be their recipe for success. But yeah, Indiana, guess, you know, they could catch lightning in a bottle too. If you if you get a young quarterback who maybe blossoms and progresses incredibly when he's there, you could hop like on Michael his back for a year or two. Like yeah. Michael Penix. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that every every Indiana fan again, both of them. Okay, I shouldn't use the joke twice. Um, they, they've got to see Michael Penix at Washington and all these Heisman, you know, all this Heisman talk would be like, are you kidding me? Come on, he should still be at Indiana. It's gonna be interesting. They have their quarterback that transferred in. Indiana did. Um, he was a four star recruit. Went to Tennessee last year. Redshirted. Came to Indiana. Redshirt freshman. Tom Allen hasn't made that official, but that's gonna be their quarterback. The other guy's a redshirt freshman too. So. Redshirt freshman quarterback, 25 transfers. Wow. All right. We're going to get to Ohio State's quarterback in a little bit. Before that, I want to get into what we think is the biggest question. thing we're most curious to see on, on Saturday and beyond, Dan. When you're looking at, other than quarterback, the biggest question mark on this team. I still have to go with offensive line. You know, mm -hmm. you could say something like, other than position group, just are they going to be tough? Are they going to when it, when the chips are down? Are they going to be the toughest team in the trenches? Physicality. Are they going to be the most physical team in the trenches in the biggest games? Um, how's the defense going to be? Are they going to limit big plays? All of that is, is a question. But I, I think the biggest question has to be the offensive line. I'm curious to see if you agree or not. Um, breaking in three new starters. I love that they have jo Josh Simmons, but I still need to see it. Is he mm -hmm. really going to be a, a good left tackle? meaning good for like a national championship contending team, not good against just Indiana. So that's mine. I would say offensive line. Where do you come down? Yeah, I don't want to give away my answers to uh, the staff preseason roundtable or day one of the uh, game week roundtable will be coming out later today. But I had Josh Simmons as the guy. I still need to see something from him and have the most questions about. So it's, not a, it's not a negative vibe whatsoever. It's just I haven't right. seen it. It's also, I will say, 
um, a reinforcement or a positive view of the depth chart of the defense. The last few years, all of my biggest questions would have been on defense. I mean, obviously, Ohio State's become, you know, an offensive standard by any statistic you look at. So any real questions are first world questions. But there were legitimate questions about the defense the last few years, not just experience, but there were some probably some talent deficiencies in some spots. If you look at the depth chart right now on defense, I'm hard pressed to tell you a time when I thought it was better in the last decade. I literally go through it. I'm not saying it's going to be better than any other defenses, but it's got legitimate depth. There's not any position where you're like, holy cow, if X gets hurt here, we are, you know, Indiana's got a chance. Nothing like that. Um, I love the fact that they're so deep in the interior of the defensive line. Um, they have not been that way in the past, in my opinion. I'm counting on uh, JT and uh, Jack Sawyer to have breakout years, even for them. But, yeah, the offensive line is really the only question. Like, look, the number one question is quarterback just because of the, the, the weight the position has. But Ryan Day and his crew have shown they can take quarterbacks and, and do what they got to do. The offensive line has not always been great, like you said, and, and you, you answered the main question. Can they line up and run the ball in bad weather when the other team knows it's coming? If they can, I don't know what else they can't do across the board and on anything offense and defense. Yeah, they need to prepare like it's going to be bad weather in Ann Arbor, Michigan, like it was two years ago. They need to go up there and win that game regardless. Regardless if it's a monsoon, if it's an ice bowl, it's a freezing cold, whatever, or if it's a nice day, go up there and win that game. That's what it's all about. Um, I mean, now Notre Dame's looking pretty good, though. And I know, oh, it's just Navy. I hope everybody that says that puts some money on that game because Notre Dame was only favored by 20 and won by 39. And we've seen it firsthand. Navy gave Ohio State a hell of a game at Ohio Stadium late in the Trestle era. Brian Roll saved the day that day to kick off the national championship season. I was there in Baltimore covering that game at the Raven Stadium, JT Barrett's first start. That game was a barn burner. Darren Lee had a scoop and score. Navy, what for whatever reason, gives these teams like a, a tough time. They didn't give Notre Dame a tough time. Sam Hartman, mm -hmm. my gosh, and I almost forgot about this. I knew he was really good at Wake Forest. You know what I, I – well, yeah. and I did see the stat last year, but I forgot about it. He's the all-time passing leader in the ACC. The all-time passing leader in the ACC. And now he's at Notre Dame, and he looks good. Yeah, Navy's defense is undersized and probably not that good, but had a bunch of returning starters, and he was throwing some very good passes, and he can run, too. So that game became a little bit more interesting. I'll tell you what, Nick Saban, I just want to thank Sam Harton for not going to Alabama. Um, my, <laughs> that whole email exchange he and I had for right. that time worked out well, so that's great. Uh, I will say this about Navy. This is not a particularly good Navy team. They're working in a new head coach. They have changed their offense a little bit. Um, yep. it's not, it's not your standard, uh, Navy squad. And also playing Navy first, I think is an advantage because you get to work in a little extra, Hey, they're coming for our knees, get out of the way, uh, preparation. Interesting thing about Sam Hartman, uh, one of the names that, and I love to talk about the Cowboys. Will Greer kind of popped up in the national vernacular. Will, Will Greer's dad is Sam Hartman's high school football coach. And uh, so he knows how to play quarterback. Sam Hartman's been playing quarterback for a long time, man. He got that ACC record somewhat on the, in the Cal Ripken style of just showing up every game for five years. So whatever, four years. So he does make 
Notre Dame way more formidable. And uh, I would much rather face Tyler Buckner than Sam Hartman. I'll tell you that much. No doubt about it. But they, they still have their flaws. I mean, Javante Jean-Baptiste was ineffective here and ineffective. And he's a, he's a starting defensive end for them. Um, but are their running back look good again? You, you pointed it out and several of our uh, commenters on the live feed um, agree with you that this, yeah, okay, Navy does have a history of giving people tough games, including Ohio State, but not – people are saying this is a different Navy team, first-year head coach, everything that you just articulated. All right, Dan. It's called burying the lead for a couple of old newspaper guys like ourselves. Um, all right, predictions for the Ohio State quarterback. Um, I'll go first unless you want to go. You want to go first or you want me to go first? What's going to happen this Saturday and what's going to happen – for the season as a whole. You want me to go first or you want to go first? I'll go. Okay. Um, because you're probably going to be right, so I'll get this out of the way. <laughs> I am surprised that McCord wasn't named the starter. If you would have asked me before the season, I think that would have been a no-brainer to me. However, now that we've gone this far, um, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to tell you it's going to be a one-quarterback situation. That makes no sense to me. I do think Kyle McCord will take the first snap. And after that, anybody who tells you they know what's going on that has not spoken directly to Ryan or Corey Dennis, to me, seems like they're out of turn. I guess they're going to go possession for possession. I don't know that. Um, and then it's going to be just simply, hopefully, based on performance. You know, I mean, it's not going to be hard to determine who's playing better. And if you put them both out there, uh, you know, we'll kind of find out for ourselves and he'll let it get, uh, Ryan will let it get worked out in front of the whole crew. But I don't think at this point they're going to go with any one guy. I'd be shocked if he named Devin Brown the starter and Kyle McCord the backup. That would shock me. But I guess anything's possible. It's been fascinating to watch this play out and we still don't know. Uh, we're, we're still watching a play out, which I tell you what, it's good for business. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, we we know that this is a it's a it's a fun debate to have and uh, you know I I think it can this can end up being healthy they need to figure out who their quarterback is but they don't have to of their first two games they need to by week three week four at the latest but I'd like for that Western Kentucky game for them to have their guy so they know it's not not going to the Notre Dame game but that's the first time you have a, a game where you know who your quarterback is I, I and I think Brian Day probably feels the exact same way so yeah I think. I'm going to bet Kyle takes the first snap. I've heard that Devin's a little bit ahead right now, but that could change. That could have changed over the weekend. Who knows? Um, let them kind of battle it out. I don't know if it's going to go series by series. I'll predict Kyle will get the first two series. Then Devin will get the next two right. series, and then they'll kind of go from there. And then and then maybe we had somebody point this out in the comments. If it's a situation where Kyle starts against Indiana, um, they both kind of play relatively the same. Maybe they'll have Devin start against Youngstown State and then bring Kyle in and do that and then really assess it after two weeks. All right, who's ahead of who? They chart everything in practice throughout camp, two more extra weeks of practice, and then it, most especially the two games, and, and then figure it out. Maybe you're going to push it into week three, but I think they're going to have both guys play the first two weeks. And then, Dan, I think, I think I'm going to just go with what I've heard. I think Devin Brown will be eventually the starting quarterback of this team this year. Here's why. Um, first of all, if it's exactly even, if it's 50-50, you could make the argument, then go with a younger guy because he's got, in theory, the higher ceiling. Kyle's had more time. If it's even now, go with the younger guy, go with the more mobile guy. That's Devin Brown. I don't think it's even. I think one guy's a little ahead of the other, not much, and I think that's Devin. And then I think eventually Devin Brown's going to win this job. Just my gut feeling, but I can't wait to see how it plays out, and I think the Buckeyes can win 
with either of them, win big with either of them. I'll tell you, here's my question on this whole thing, and this is going to sound a little bizarre, but I wonder what role Lincoln Keinholz or Keenholz plays in all this. And then if he's way ahead of schedule, and I have heard some people tell me that, and I figured this would happen, he was such an unknown coming from the Dakotas that no matter how he played when he got here, people are going to be surprised because, frankly, they'd never seen him before, and a lot of people had never heard of him. But I wonder if him looking really good as a youngster and them seeing him being, you know, 18 months away from being ready to play uh, has anything to do with it. But one thing we know, they are set at quarterback going forward. Good Lord. Yeah, In no perpetuity, it seems like. No doubt about it. Uh, I know some people were like, oh, Tavian St. Clair, his team, Bell Fountain lost to a Division Five team. Well, he played great. And Coldwater is not your typical Division Five team. They're a powerhouse. They'd beat a lot of D1 teams. I'm not kidding you when I say this. I'll go back and look. I'll bet you if Bell Fountain played Coldwater before, they lost by 40. That's Probably. not – yeah, Coldwater, Marion Local, those teams up there are pound for pound, arguably the best football teams in the United States. And I'm saying pound yeah. for pound. I'm not saying they would beat DeMatha. Um, but pound for pound, go look. They'll have four state champions out of one league there, three state champions at times. That's it. The fact that he kept them competitive is uh, – Spectacular. Shedna, I mean, there's no question whether or not Tavian St. Clair is Ohio State caliber. Yeah, back you, when you I was got, in high school and then college, I remember like, and then even out of college, I remember Versailles had like a stretch where they won like 10 out of 12 right. years, something like that. I'm probably exaggerating. Yeah, that that area, they play some great small school football. Obviously, Bobby Hoying, former Buckeye from St. Henry, Jim Lachey from St. Henry. Um, that, that area, they call it God's country out there. You, it's, it's farmland. And then you'll see like, then, you know, you're getting to the next town, whether it's St. Henry or Coldwater or whatever, cause they'll just be like one church. You'll see one, you'll see, yeah, you'll just see like the big cross. And then every town has that. And it's, it's a very interesting part of, uh, Western Ohio. And they play. I'll tell you what, if you there. love high school football, you should go check out a game at Coldwater. It, uh, the Steve McAllister, our former boss, uh, took me and my young son up there one time. And I'll be honest, I'm from the East Coast. I was expecting to see a lot of like cowboy hats and like uh, tumbleweed. <laughs> Dude, I've never seen a town get behind a football team like that. And they beat some team from Indiana like they stole something. Um, that's some good football up there, man. And they are into it. Then you go to McSobers afterwards and party, uh, celebrate the win. There you go. Steve McAllister with a shout out on the Bucknuts Morning 5. Love go. that. I love that. All right. Um, again, we're going to spoil what we're, you know, the, the show. Uh, this is for our for our people. We're, we're, we're going to spoil our predictions that we're going to put on the site later today. But, but that's all right. That's what we do in the Bucknuts Morning 5. Um, all right. Predictions for Ohio State's record, including postseason. I'm going 14-1. and one. I think they're going to slip up once in the regular season. I don't know who it's going to be against, but it's not going to be against Michigan. They're going to go 14-1. and one. They're going to win the Big Ten Championship. They're going to go to the college football playoff, and they're going to win the national championship. That is my feeling. I think Georgia is not the same Georgia. Um, Stetson Bennett's not going to be an NFL quarterback in my estimation, um, but he was a good college quarterback. They've also, second straight year, they've lost a ton. I don't think they were as good last year as they were the previous year. I think they're going to take another mini step back this year. There's a reason we haven't seen even a Saban team three-peat. I like Ohio State's chances to win the national championship. Dan Rubin, I'm going 14-1 and one and a natty. I will work backwards here. I also think they will go 14-1 and one and win the natty. Yeah. However, 
when I look at the schedule, it is so obvious to me that the most difficult game is at Michigan. Um, and when I look back at last year and the year before, and I try and put everything in context, the on a level playing field last year, at the end of the year, when in a climate-controlled environment, when they were generally healthy to start the game, Ohio State looked like the best team in the, in the nation. Georgia was unquestionably the best team. They should have won that game. But we can get into the myriad reasons why, um, et cetera. The problem is the game at Michigan is not climate-controlled. It's not in a uh, level playing field. It's at the end of the year in the cold where Ohio State will be dealing with the attrition of playing throughout the season. So I think they're going to lose the game at Michigan. That will be their only loss. Michigan will go undefeated. And I think Michigan will be the overall number one seed. Ohio State will be the overall number three. They will meet in the national championship, and Ohio State will beat them like they stole something. That's my prediction. And now, look – that would require Ryan Day to possibly have to have a therapist on staff for him personally for that month stretch um, because I don't know what he's going to be going through during that time. But he will get the salvation at the end and hoist that trophy and then probably have to take a just collapse from all the hullabaloo. But, yes, I'll say the same way, but possibly the most dramatic possible finish for a Buckeye fan. It almost happened last year. I mean, if Michigan could have beaten TCU, I mean, Ohio State flat out outplayed Georgia. I'm not breaking news there. I think even a diehard Georgia fan, if they were being honest, you gave them some truth serum, they would say, yeah, we got outplayed. We still won. In Georgia, no less. I mean, that's still – it's one of those weird games, Dan. I'm not a moral victory guy, but, like, it did feel like nationally, from you read some stories going into this year, I feel like Ohio State got their streak cred back a little bit. Oh, definitely. From a national perspective. Definitely. Well, no, Ohio State outplayed Georgia. And especially people that were touting coming into the game, oh, Ohio State's going to get blown out. And they watched that game like, oh, Dave, oh, wow. There are anti-Ohio State, uh, anti-Ohio State guys in the media. And you know who they are. That when they talk about that game, people brush over the fact that if Marvin, they say, oh, if Marvin Harrison would have been upright, then oh, obviously Ohio State would have won. And they keep going like that's like a, not a large statement. Um, listen to any draft, pod, uh, draft podcast coming up about Marvin Harrison and the person who's doing it regardless of where it comes from, will say, had he been healthy for the entire, you know, uh, semifinal, they would have beaten Georgia. That's not even like a variable. So whatever. It'll make yeah, this show was- all the more glorious this year. Gosh, I shouldn't even like, speak about this, but I don't know what takes me off more of that. Um, that phantom overturn when you know, that was clearly a fumble for a touchdown against the 2019 game. I mean, they, I mean, they called it uh, correctly on the field. Justin Ross took like uh, like three steps with the ball, got stripped, touchdown, called a touchdown on the field. They overturned it. That was either just incompetence or criminal. Pick one, one of the two. One of the two. And then same thing with Marvin Harrison. Textbook targeting. People don't under. Like, I think most people do. A lot of people don't understand the rule, though. Um, it doesn't have to be helmet to helmet. I've heard people say, oh, well, it wasn't helmet to helmet. Man, it was shoulder to helmet, and he got knocked out cold. It was called targeting on the field, and someone in Area 51 that we still don't even know who, who it was overturned that call. Anyway, I shouldn't even bring it up. Um, and we won't talk about let's get, Sean let's White. My, let's get my blood pressure going, Dan. And that I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that I mean, I think back to the Sean Wade, when it was a targeting hit on uh, on Trevor Lawrence. On the Okuda yeah. one, though, to me, is that – I'll tell you something funny. I got a call from my son the other day, and his and I answered the phone. He's like, 
he's and all he started talking about the, he, it's a joke we have back and forth and he's like how do they call it he just called me Miller. how do they call it? he's a like, cooter definitely stripped him and we still make jokes about it because enough's enough by the way i, I don't need to have another discussion we don't need to add a fourth uh you, you know like freakish occurrence to this show next year we need to be talking about uh, shining up a trophy That'd be really nice. Yeah, it's been it's been nine years. Let's do it. Let's get it done here. Nine I want to see national, wow. national champions twenty twenty three at at the horseshoe. It's gonna look really nice to national champions twenty fourteen. National champions twenty twenty three. Bam! Let's get it done this year. Uh, we're gonna get back to football in just a moment. I do have something to share from our newest sponsor, Piata Italian Street Food. I love that. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love Piata. All right, here's their message to you guys, and they got a great deal for you. Here's their message. Hey there, Bucknutters. Are you ready to indulge in some mouth-watering Italian street food while cheering on our beloved Buckeyes? If you're looking for the ultimate game day feast, look no further than Piata Italian street food. It's time to elevate your tailgate experience with Piata's delicious pastas, piattas, and salads. Options include tender pasta cooked to perfection, tossed in rich, flavorful sauces. Whether you're a fan of classic marinara or creamy carbonara, Piata's got you covered. And let's not forget about the piattas, these thin Italian wraps filled with your choice of grilled meats, fresh veggies, irresistible sauces are game changers. Now that we've made you hungry, we are offering you, the listener, an exclusive online-only discount. This week only, you can receive a free piatta, pasta, or salad with the purchase of a regular entree. Use code GOBUCKS at the checkout online or in the Piata One app to receive a buy one, get one free for any piata, pasta, or salad. This offer is valid from August 28th today through September 3rd. Receive any piasta, any piata, pasta, or salad with the purchase of any regular-sized entree when using the code GOBUCKS at checkout online or within the Piata One app. Offer cannot be combined with any other discounts or rewards. Go Buckeyes, go Piata. I love Piata. I love their steak Piatas. I love that. You know, the salad where you get the, the salmon on it. I'll get some extra salmon on there. Absolutely love it. Let's get back to football. All right. Um, a couple things I want to get to here. Dave, can I bring something up real quick? Of course you can. I don't know if people know this, but uh, we are locked in a battle each month with several other podcasts. And the way they judge us at the home office is who adds the most YouTube subscribers each month. We have actually won this almost every month. We did not win last month. The Penn State site won, and Michigan finished second. We finished third. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go do so right now. There's a list that gets sent out, and those people get to brag about it over email, and it's embarrassing. So let's hold up our end of the bargain here as Bucknut Nation here. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Thank you, Dave, for that uh, brief public service announcement for us personally. Yeah, I love it. You know, if the show's free, and if you like the show, hit subscribe. I mean, subs- hitting subscribe is free. Obviously, it helps us big time. The show's free. I just meant to say hitting subscribe is free. You don't, it, yeah, and it lets you know when the show is going to go live or when we have a show scheduled. Totally. So, and it helps us, and it's free for you guys. So, yeah, hit that don't cost button. nothing. Don't I'm cost sure. nothing. I see a lot of people that I recognize, like a lot of them. So I, I know a lot of you have already subscribed. So we appreciate that. But if you haven't, uh-huh. plus that subscribe button, it helps us a lot. Um, and also get yourself some free Piata. I love that. All right, let's get back to football here. All right. Denny has a question that I've heard from a lot of people. I wanted to get to this. This is from Facebook. How will whoever is the starting quarterback affect the others in the room 
regarding the portal? Well, Danny, I think it's I think it's this simple. I think whoever does not win the battle between, and I mean after this season, who has let's say Devin Brown finishes the season as a starting quarterback, right, and plays well, um, and Kyle McCord's going to then transfer for his senior year. And I do think if Kyle McCord wins the job and plays well, Devin Brown's going to transfer for his third year sophomore year. I think Lincoln Keenholz is not going to go anywhere. He'll be back as a redshirt freshman. I don't think he'll play more than four games this year. I think they'll try and get him out there for four games, but keep the redshirt. Um, and, um, and they'll bring in Aaron Nolan next year. So. What do you think, Dan? Would you concur with what I just said? Absolutely. 60% of starting quarterbacks in Division One this year are transfers. So this is the way of the world now. Um, and let me tell you something. Kyle McCord or Devin Brown would be, if not the number one transfer quarterback on the market, they'd be damn close. So um, I, I, I trust in what you say there. And I think that's just the way things go now. If you go back and look at the last few years at Ohio State, a lot of quarterbacks have committed here and not a lot of quarterbacks have played here. So that's just the way of the world here. If you can stick it out and do what Ryan and Corey tell you what to do, you get to go to New York for the Heisman ceremony. If not, you get to hit the portal. It's pretty basic. Yep. What's a joke we used to use? It wasn't exactly that. Coffeeville. It's like if you don't get your act together – you're going to Coffeeville Community College. No, we had like five steps. First step was like verbal warning. Then in fifth was Coffeeville, meaning get the, it was. get the F out. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that was built on Chris Carter's son, unfortunately. It was, uh, well, yeah. And we also had, I mean, Boom Perkins, David Perkins didn't go to Coffeeville. He went to like um, Illinois State or something like that. But it was yeah, like yeah. still, it had the same thing. Like, all right, verbal warning. Then he knocked, knocked Brutus out during Student Appreciation Day. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was late to a class. That was number three. Then you get, you know, a suspension and then Coffeeville. Right. Um, oh, break, break. For those who don't know, it's Coffeeville Junior College in Kansas is a popular destination for those who don't make the adjustment to college life as quickly as one might hope. It was the it was our version of Last Chance U. It was before Correct. Last Chance U was it's a the thing. Same exact thing. Coffeeville was our last chance you. We used to talk about it on Front Row Radio all the time. Oh I God. wonder – I think there was a – I think one of the last chance used was in Kansas, and they played Coffeeville. I got to go back and look. But anyway, we digress. Oh, I like this. I like this. I should have – I would be a better promoter. I would have told people about this already. Mike on YouTube. Dave, will you go live after the games? Of course. Damn right I will. Yes. Bucknuts post-game live after every game. After every game this year, I'm going to go live. What um, we learned live. Excuse me. What we learned live. We've done so many shows. I forget the name of it. What we learned live. We're gonna. It, it, I'm gonna do a show after every game live. Yeah. For what sure. we learned live. Thank you, Dan. Forget the name of my own show. What we learned live. And uh, yeah. Um, so if you subscribe, you'll know exactly when I'm starting. There you go. But it'll be as soon as I can after the game. Will it be right at the final gun? Hopefully. Um, but it'll it'll be as soon as humanly possible after the final gun of each game this season. Um, I'll have guests on. I'll take questions from you guys. So first one is five days away. Love that. All right. One more thing I want to get to here. Hey, Dave, there was a question on here I wanted to answer, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. And it was about the St. Edward versus Good Council game over the weekend. As you guys know, it's the Cowboys and my D.C. roots that sometimes shine through. Two big-time uh, competitions this week between – uh, Washington Catholic Athletic Conference powers and Ohio powers. So you had DeMatha played Springfield and St. Ed played Good Council. I looked it up. Good Council was the preseason number one in Washington. DeMatha was preseason number six. 
DeMatha crushed Springfield, 35-7. to St. Ed's, however, beat good counsel. Um, good counsel's uh, running back, Jones, is, is going to be the next. He's the big recruit for Wisconsin. He was very impressive. But, man, if you're going to go up against St. Ed's on a hot day for a long stretch of time, I don't know what you're going to do with that offensive line. The Armstrong brothers and he, uh, Ben Roebuck on the right side, that's a lot to deal with, play after play after play. Good counsel had the lead and really was controlling the game. And in the second half, they just got pounded. They were cramping up and, and struggling. And the Armstrong brother, brothers, on several occasions, were putting guys in the dirt and uh, letting them know about it. So that was a really impressive win for St. Ed's. I mean, although I think all four teams, I'm not sure uh, Springfield's nationally ranked. The other three are. And uh, very impressive way to start the season for St. Ed's. I'm not sure I've ever seen a high school offensive line like that. People ask about the Armstrong brothers and Roebuck. They're very different players. The Armstrong brothers are more your leaner. Um, the basketball power forwards they talk about recruiting now, and I compare them. I always go back to my guy Tyron Smith, where the <laughs> Cowboys left tackle. If you saw him on the street, or like Nick Bose, even they don't look like linemen. They look like uh, other types. Ben Roebuck, when you see that dude, you know he's a, a lineman and a right tackle. He is an enormous human being. Enormous. Pretty and slow, he though. He looks he looks slow, Dan. I'm going he to point that slow. out. Good yeah. counsel's defensive end, Darian Mayo. Is going to good uh, is going to Clemson. That's become a little bit of a pipeline there. What's interesting about good counsel on, on Dematha? The kids from DC go everywhere. There's no regional power. There's no pull to Virginia or Maryland. If you look at the team, they they were committed to all other different places. Mayo went around Ben Roebuck uh, like he was standing still. So not a good matchup for uh, for Ben. All right, one more thing, then we're going to end the show here. Man, we're going. Hey, it's game week, baby. Yeah. extended version of the Bucknuts morning five somewhere. Mr. Bucknuts is watching this and said, guys, I told you the, the show's supposed to be just five minutes. Hence the name. But like, as I've said before, when we would get feedback, I never had one person say, Oh, the show went a little too long today. If we went like eight minutes, I would get tons of people. And I know you did too. To be like, can you guys go a little bit longer? And it kind of morphed into more 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Now, Man, if we don't go like at least 20 minutes, something went wrong. Now we're going 35. All right, let's get out of here on this. Dave, lot, last, week, Dave, last week, yeah. I had, there he is again. This is what I was going to say. That. I was getting people coming in here and be like, where's the hour-long show? It's like, I'm going to need a nap. But we'll get one in there for you. I, look, uh, when Mark and we get another guy in the booth, we get a three-man booth, we get Mark and Bill in here, we'll get you an hour show at some point. Yeah, I mean – Hey, if you add it all up throughout the week, it's almost like a two-hour show since we For do sure. it daily. No, I mean, I, I get it. I, I love talking Buckeyes and love that we have a loyal audience, like I said, and there's some new faces in there. But I see – I recognize so many of these names, a vast majority of these names, loyal listeners. appreciate you guys. All right, Buckeye80, let's close the show with this. A lot of people are wondering this. Will C.J. Hicks play Saturday? Absolutely he will. Absolutely he will. He's not going to start. They like Steele. Steele was solid last year and he's going to be even better this year as a fifth-year senior. But we even saw it last year at that will um, that, you know, Steele and Cody Simon were, you know, rotated. So Knowles has shown he will do that. And they've said, not to the extent of Sonny. Sonny's going to start. He's definitely going to play as much as possible. But they've said they have to get C.J. Hicks on the field. So He's going to be a backup, but you're definitely going to see him on Saturday. And if he stays healthy, you're going to see him in every game. And I don't just mean in mop-up duty. I think they're going to get him in there. And sometimes maybe they'll have three linebackers on the field together. 
with Sonny, you kind of have that anyway. So we'll see what happens. I think Mort's going to be, he's going to spell steel chambers, trying to keep some guys fresh a little bit. Um, that's just my take on it. I think we're going to see CJ Hicks. I hope that's not wishful thinking on my part, Mr. Rubin. <laughs> I'd be, I would be really disappointed if we didn't see him. I'm slightly disappointed right now. That we haven't heard more about him. I hope that's not a predictor of what's coming. Um, because the idea of seeing Sonny and CJ running around out there, you know, we talked so much about the defensive talent in some games when we got up against some of those SEC powers and not being able to really trade punches talent-wise. Those two dudes are as talented as anyone walking planet Earth. So I hope they not only play but have big roles early and uh, become kind of the face of the defense. I think that would help also for recruiting. Well, there you go. That's our show for today. Thanks to Dan Rubin. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. And thanks to all the questions and comments from our live audience. Appreciate you guys very much. Again, smash that subscribe button. We need to beat uh, the team up north and, uh, and those guys in uh, State College as well. So smash that subscribe button if you haven't already sure. on YouTube. And thank you to everybody else on, on the other platforms. You know, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review if you like the show. Spotify, wherever you're listening. Um, really appreciate you guys making the Bucknuts Morning 5 a part of your morning Monday through Friday. Thanks again to Dan. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.